0: In a time when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Welcome listeners to episode 48 of the Feelin' Film podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing Logan what could be the final chapter in Hugh Jackman's incredible run as Marvel Comics superhero Wolverine. This latest installment is R-rated and offers us the gritty, ultra-violent picture of Wolverine that many know from comics but have never seen portrayed on screen. It was quite the ride, and so we've called in some backup to help us get through it. Not only is Patrick back after a brief absence, but with <laughs> a... St- oh, that's my best Wolverine. I'm done. Okay. Sorry, welcome yeah. back. We could start over, and we could skip having Patrick back, but he is back. <laughs> and with Hello, us, Dylan. with <laughs> us today, we have our friends Francisco and Paul from the Retro Rewind podcast. Thank you guys for coming.
1: Oh, thanks totally! Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having us guys.
0: Yeah, well, you know, there's a reason we're having you. Obviously, um, we have, you know, decided to do a little bit of a of a comic book superhero team-up of our own. I mean, heck, one of you guys is even named Powers, so it really works <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> but uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves, your show, what you do. Francisco, do you want to kick us off and share sure, some yeah. info?
1: So, like Aaron uh, introduced me, I'm my name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a graphic and web designer by trade. And do this uh podcast with my good friend Paul here. We that's
2: me. It. Apparently I'm a master interrupter, so that's what I do.
1: Yeah, he
2: likes to do <laughs> that's that. Your um, that's your
1: power. Yes. <laughs> yes. Master interrupter. Uh I don't know if Caliban would really if that would register on Caliban's scale. But anyway, so the, we do the show our show is the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we like to take a fresh look at movies and video video games from 15 or more years ago. So things like uh let's see. Uh we've done Mary Poppins, things as old as Mary Poppins or the original Pierre Pan, or things as new as uh we actually did X-Men recently with I don't know, these two Yahoos. Uh there are other podcasters. You may have heard of them. One's like has like is has no shoes, and the other is <laughs> from the navy or something. No, we
0: uh, Weirdos. <laughs>
1: We were we were really fortunate on our show to have Patrick and Aaron come and join us to talk about the original two thousands X-Men. And you can find that at retro rewind podcast.com slash one hundred eleven. And you, that drops when this show drops. So if you're get done listening to Logan and want to hear us more, go check that out.
3: Fantastic. I am so excited for our listeners to get a chance to hear a podcast on the movie that started the X-Men franchise, as well as, you know, to follow it up with the movie that could potentially, I don't know, end the X-Men franchise as we'll get into the discussion. Um, but it was so cool to be able to to have that discussion and be on with you guys. It was a fantastic time. I, I don't think I laughed as hard at any other point in this last probably six months than I had Aww. on on, on yeah. that show. It's it's a blast. We had a great time with it. Well we always like to start our show as most of you listeners know, by briefly mentioning anything we've been up to, watching, reading, whatever. And uh, since you guys are our guests, uh, why don't you go first? Um, is there anything that you would like to be, uh, like to chime in on or what you've been up to that you recommend to our listeners? Francisco or Paul, you can go first. There's no superiority here. So about an hour ago, I just
2: finished watching the new uh, film, The Shack, at least 2017, depends on how new you're listening to this when this is dropped. Anyway, uh, so just saw the movie The Shack, and uh, it's a little bit controversial for some people, but I thought it did a great job of asking some really hard, troubling questions, and uh, the answers weren't always uh, what I felt were quote-unquote traditional, maybe. (laughs) I don't know how deep you want to get into it. but That's
0: that's deep enough.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I'm curious. Did the answer why he has such trouble making free throw shots
2: uh no the, and, and had, had nothing to do with taco bell like if he tilted his <laughs> head to the right that's the shaquille o'neal we we're talking about right oh, okay. yeah 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 uh, yeah oh wait yeah oh oh
1: i guess i yeah. read your facebook post about it wrong okay i'm, I'm so sorry
2: never
0: mind
1: <laughs> so how that answers your question how <laughs> was
0: the movie as a as a movie so if if, if people I, are wanting to go see it for entertainment purposes
2: yeah, I th- I would recommend it. I thought it was well done. Um, Sam Worthington is not my favorite actor, but uh, uh, he doesn't do a bad job.
0: <laughs> so what I read on your mini-review of this was you had said that if you, as a reader, had read the book and liked the book, that you would like the movie. Is that accurate?
2: Correct. And if you had problems with the book, then you have problems with the movie. It's it's uh, pretty uh,
0: um pretty accurate to
2: the book to okay. some degree.
0: Good, well, I think that's uh I think it's good for for people to know that going into it and mm-hmm. that way they can be discerning and uh, make a decision that is best for them and I think I think the important thing when anybody goes to see the shack without putting my own personal feelings too much out there and, and getting deep into it would be simply that this is a fictional story. Um, this is not yes. a substitute for the Christian Bible. So that's true. please remember that what? when you go see this film and and keep that in mind while you're watching it or reading the book. And I think I think things will be a lot better that way.
2: Yeah. Would you say it's an allegory? Does that uh, count?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> okay. I think that's what they're Is trying to based on actual events at the beginning. No, no, definitely. not. It's good. That's no. good. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, that's the um, Mothman <laughs> Prophecies right there. So that's Oh, Mothman. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Francisco, what about you? Have you been up to anything this last week?
1: Uh, I recently, uh, part of my uh, job, my current job, we, ha- we have to make uh, like goals to uh, further our skills or uh, help the client or what have you. And one of the ones I decided to go with was to brought in my skills in terms of 3d animation and 3d modeling a long time ago, back in college, I had dabbled with Maya and was just like, Whoa, this is too much. I can't do this. This is ridiculous. I I'm, I'm done. I can't, <laughs> like I, I opened it and looked at it. And, and I, I I know, I'm sure someone uh, new to Photoshop opens that up and is completely daunted for me. I'm like, I can, I eat Photoshop for breakfast Um, but, uh, that doesn't make any sense, but regardless, a 3d program though was still very intimidating to me. Uh, but with this new goal, I decided to, uh, give another shot. And, uh, there's this open source 3d uh, modeling program called blender. So that's nice. It's free. And I was able to find a course on Udemy which is like, I don't know, it's kind of like Skillshare or Treehouse, or there's lots of different places you can go to buy courses on a given how to be a developer or a designer or what have you. So the one I I picked up was Learn 3D Modeling, the Complete Blender Creator course. And it's, I, I feel like, empowered. It's it's really cool. Like, I've made uh, like a, a semi-F16 plane and a Mayan uh, temple, and none of them are like have uh, shaders or anything it's very basic it's like just gray blocks but it's still cool that i can make something in a 3d program and feel like wow i can
3: actually do this so uh that's what i've been doing recently that's fantastic francisco i would love to see what a semi f16 looks like i like this word. yeah <laughs> <laughs> if it's like actually half of an f16 no, or well, if it's see- like if it turns into something like more organic, like an actual like monster, like a transformer or something, that'd be cool.
1: Well, no, it's like the the plane and is pulling a big trailer, so it's a
3: semi. <laughs> oh,
0: no. oh no!
1: No, no! Is that semi just, named like,
3: Optimus Prime? Is that what? Uh, just... uh, uh, roll out, <laughs> roll out, or fly out? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> transformer <a> mashup. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, this past week, I was out of town. I was um, with my with my wife. We were taking care of some family business in uh, in West Texas, and there is not a lot to do in West Texas. We were in the exciting city of Abernathy, and the one thing you do in Abernathy is leave Abernathy to go to a more exciting city to do things. So my time there was, was spent in another city, but when I was in Abernathy, I got a chance to check out a documentary, Shocker and this one i just kind of stumbled upon it i don't know why it was put in my queue uh but it was called Rocky for the American Punch and i didn't really know what this was <laughs> i saw that it was like 55 minutes it had five reviews all five star one of which said uh good movie you know that was the only review the only you know feedback and i'm thinking okay this could turn into something really really good or really really bad um so I, I I ended up checking it out, and I was actually surprised to see that it was really actually pretty good. Not a great one. This is not necessarily going to be in the Oscar categories, but it was essentially a documentary about how the film both described the, the time that it took place uh, in being sort of a commentary on... Um, on the cold war and also how the movie influenced people's understanding of Western and Eastern relationships and, and to an extent how they influenced it. Now it didn't Rocky four, obviously did not stop the cold war, but in a sense, it was one of those things where it's influence helped either get a better understanding and where like art imitated life and life imitated art but it's a it's a short doc that really is just more of a commentary that interviews a couple of the a uh, couple of the creators of the movie and how the the series as a whole, but specifically that fourth movie, sort of echoed the times in which it was was uh, was created. And so, for me, being a Rocky fan and particularly a fan of Rocky Four, it was very entertaining at the very least. Not something that's very groundbreaking, but one that I definitely enjoyed. And the fact that it was only under an hour made it even more enjoyable because I didn't have to put a ton of time into it.
2: That's
0: awesome. I know you're yes. really in love with Rocky, so that makes a lot of sense that you would go to that one uh, any chance you get.
2: And where can yeah. you find it? Is it
3: on YouTube? or Amazon has it. It's uh, If you're a Prime member, it's
0: free to Prime members. I'm sure you Sweet. can print it if it's not available, if you're not a Prime member. But,
3: yeah,
1: check it out. Okay.
0: Sweet guys. Well, for me, I just want to briefly m- recap that we did a mini-sode on the new film "Get Out," uh, Jordan Peele's directorial debut. It's a Get horror out. slash comedy slash thriller kind of thing, and it's it's oh, it's, there's comedy in it because the
2: preview doesn't oh, look like there is.
0: Oh no, it's it's got it's got it's loaded with, with very deadpan comedy. Okay, um, it's very. You know, it's it's in it's kind of it's 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 a it's a subtle, uncomfortable humor to to where things happen and you're just you kind of you're laughing but you're really cringing at the same
2: time. But yeah, like awkward humor. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Um, Okay.
0: Yeah, and I you know I got to record this episode with a buddy of mine, Blake, um, who is a huge horror fan and uh, writes for a couple different websites on horror films, and we both were blown away by this. Uh, It's totally deserving of the praise it's been getting uh, from critics and from, you know, everyday moviegoers alike. And I think that that episode that we recorded is a very important one. So I'm just going to point people back toward that again. Uh, If you've seen Get Out at this point, uh, go look up our episode because it's really a great conversation about just the whole movie and how it, you know, impacts the social commentary with its talk about race and what the white response should be and uh, things of that nature and, and i think it's a it's a good conversation and to that end i've i've been watching a lot of horror lately and starting to get more into the genre and one that i wanted to point out is a film from i think 2015 called unfriended did you guys have any have any of you guys seen this no is it only, no you it's horror, horror? No. yeah it's yeah, horror not from so- <laughs> is this the one with the
2: like it's like skype where there's lots a yes. lot of people
0: yeah no i saw the preview right so <laughs> oh, the preview on. looks awful right it is absolutely ridiculous so these people are all on skype the whole movie takes place on skype um it's one of those cleverly edited films patrick kind of like nerve um with, oh, okay with yeah. the way that things pop up on the screen um, and yeah. it, it, you know the premise is a, a girl in this groups circle has has died she was bullied and then she killed herself and it's now about a year later and all these friends are on skype and something crazy starts happening and some entity or something is messing with them and i will tell you (laughs) i have not been as terrified in a movie since the blair witch project and i when i saw the blair witch project i thought it was real so that was probably the my most terrifying film experience ever this one had me I was, I was, I was, I mean, just in a ball. I was so scared because of the way things were building. The tension in this movie is unbelievable. The way it, it ratchets it up. It's not a, it's not a straight, like just everybody's dying every couple second kind of film. It's, it's all about the tension. And there'll be many moments in this movie where the screen would, people would stop talking and you would literally just be watching her typing like you wouldn't see her, you just see the words being typed mm-hmm. and you would, you would get to feel her, um, uncertainty and her, um, frustration. You could feel her like brain kind of hurt herself thinking because she would start typing and then she backspace, 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 and then type another word. And you really had to pay attention so you could catch all of that. And it, and it just, it brought you so much into it that it was scary uh, when you think about like the social media landscape that we live in and how much (laughs) it impacts us. And so uh, it was, it was incredible. I I was blown away and shocked that this movie that looked so bad and had such a dumb idea could be anywhere near as amazing as it was. So unfriended, I recommend anybody who missed that one. If you have any interest at all in what, what amounts to mostly psychological horror Go back and check that one out because it's a oh it's a heck of a ride.
3: Fantastic! <laughs> I'll take your I, word
0: for that one, Aaron. <laughs> I actually thinking.
1: had a question, and I, I really enjoyed listening to your guys' episode on Get Out. Thanks. Um My my, I'm curious though, from the preview I saw, what makes it a horror movie? Like I was surprised to hear you guys referencing it as a horror movie. I felt like it'd be more like thriller or something like that. But can you break that down for me a little bit?
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's definitely more in the thriller zone than it is a horror. I think okay. I think the horror part comes in be, at, more toward the end. How can I say this without spoiling exactly what happens? So it does take a turn for the more gory, and I, and I hate to use that word because it's not a really very gory film, but it does do some things that are more horror genre tropey than than thriller tropey. And I, and I mean that meaning saying, you know, in the thriller, things are generally pretty believable or realistic type of kind of intensity. And this one has some unbelievability to the things that are taking place, um, toward the end of the film. So it's really more Mm -hmm. about the buildup and, and the fear, Mm -hmm. um, that these people are being placed into. And then ultimately those last maybe 10, 15 minutes kind of go on a horror bonker binge got it thank you yeah no problem well all right one last thing i just want to make note of real quick before we move into our main review we recently launched a reward campaign on patreon and we want to thank our newest donors so don from chicago and actually the retro rewind podcast guys thank you wait what Uh, yeah you didn't know that totally kidding (laughs) okay yeah, just making sure, like somebody didn't donate in your honor. Um, no, we, we, uh, we're very grateful for all of you who have supported us thus far. It's been an incredible response. For the less than the price of a latte per month, you can get our bonus content. Uh, there's always, already two episodes up there. Uh, you can be a part of voting on a special donor pick episode each month, and you can even get some very sweet stickers. Um, the first donor pick episode is actually going to be a patron's choice bill paxton film uh, to celebrate his legacy so you can get in now and be a part of picking which one you've got until about march the 10th uh, to be able to vote in this first donor pick episode so please check out http patreon.com backslash Feelin film and consider supporting the show it helps with the financial burden of keeping the show going and lets us focus on bringing as much and more great content to you with that being said Let's get into it. Uh, We are here to talk about Logan, the newest Wolverine slash X-Men film put out by Fox, the second in a line now of R-rated films following up last year's Deadpool. We knew this one was going to be bloody, guys. We knew this was going to be a different Wolverine than we've seen before. So, initial impressions. Paul, what do you think? (laughs) Oh, wow. Start with me.
2: No pressure, what do you Mr. Mean? Powers. What do you by, first of all, what do you mean by initial? Uh, like, like the first impression. <laughs> the first impression, as I started watching it, or the first impression? Okay, I'm done watching it. What's my? What do you mean? Sorry, what's, yeah, what? Yeah, your, your takeaway you, after leaving the theater. when
0: you walked out of the theater, how did you? Okay, feel? my I you, felt was
2: disappointed. Head?
0: Okay, why?
2: Why? Because oh, there's a lot of reasons why. I could uh, <laughs> name twenty different reasons why. Because I expected, summarize. Uh, they didn't take the characters. They didn't where I. I don't. I don't. I didn't like where they took the characters. The main characters, Logan and Professor X, and even the kids, um, and. I I do, was also disappointed in the fact that I didn't really like this as much as all of uh, all my peers who have been posting about it. Okay,
1: <laughs> Paul, do you have something against Canada? You didn't like that they took him to? Canada? Uh,
2: no, Canada is great. This is I think this movie was made by Canada because it's very pro Canada. Everywhere else is miserable, and it's, apparently it's that's North Dakota the, too. It, the, the, well, that's if they escape North Dakota to go to Canada, but. <laughs> That's one of the problems I had if it, if there was such a great haven for mutants up there who were very little left why was Logan keeping Professor X down in Mexico you know it it didn't make sense of oh if there's such a great uh safety for them up there why why haven't they heard about it right
1: because he well he thought it was completely
2: uh yeah but fabricated. They heard it. Uh, it. maybe but and then we don't really know if it's really safe maybe the kids are going into a trap that wasn't really covered you know yeah Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean yeah it doesn't really go into that that's true
2: right cool. so and I've enjoyed all the other X-Men movies even the third one X3 that, heart, that nobody else liked and I've enjoyed the other Wolverine movies even the origins in the original Deadpool that nobody else liked either so not liking this was a disappointment to me
0: All right. Well, that's a a very positive response, positive, honest response that uh, we appreciate very much. (laughs) We don't all completely agree with you. I don't think. Um, No, no, I I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's exactly what we wanted to hear, and we'll we'll get into more of your your reasons. What about what you know didn't connect for you? As we get further into this, Francisco, what about you? What do you think of it? Walking out of the theater.
1: Well, I want to say I I agree with Paul 100%, except not at all. Um, I (laughs) walked out of the theater feeling really, really um, like, wow. I can't believe I experienced a superhero movie like this. This felt so authentic, and I really enjoyed where they took the characters emotionally and in terms of their growth and their arcs. I, I felt... I I just
2: Can I I, ask a question? What arc what arc did Logan have?
1: He went from just wanting to kill himself, just not wanting to really do anything, just wanting to wait out till Xavier was dead, to someone who wanted who almost trusted himself and cared about someone else enough to take care of them and to invest in their well being and to realize that someone else was more important was important enough for him to live and to help them get to where they needed to go that was the arc i saw him on
2: wow that's great i would have loved to seen that movie because i saw a movie (laughs) where logan at the the north dakota point said uh you got your money now go i'm not going to follow you guys now, he only chased after them. At, he was actually chasing after the trucks. He was just making sure the kids get delivered wherever they go. He wasn't actually going to take them on as a family leader, like passing the mantle from Professor X, taking care of the X-Men. Now, Logan, <laughs> I thought it would have been a great transition to have Logan learn the, the fatherhood that, you know, that Professor X had, and that he was now the father, and he was going to take control, and he would be like the professor x of these new x kids but no he decided to abandon them to who knows to a voice on a radio so i i didn't see that
1: wolverine logan is not professor x he is not the same person he is not doesn't have the same capacities yet we still see him go from someone who doesn't i mean gabriella asked him at the beginning please help me no get out of my face get out of my car go away i don't want to have anything to do with you your problems have now become my problems and to the point where now he's willing to take this kid and uh uh, laura and she yes he wants to make sure he gets there safely and is willing not to take the money once he gets there but once he sees that they're in danger again it's not like well i got him to where
2: where I said I yeah, would, it's
0: so not now a complete, it's out of my
1: hands.
2: It's not a complete path. Well, in uh, my... let's let's anyway, hold let's ahead. hold on to it because go we're gonna we're yeah, gonna yeah, we're gonna yeah, talk yeah. about fatherhood.
0: <laughs> I have some things to say about that too. So Great. so for, so Paul not loving Wolverine so much yet. Um, Francisco much higher on it. You enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. What, where would you say in the pantheon of X Men films was this one for you?
3: Well,
1: okay, I've not seen. Either of the other Wolverine movies because just from the. Trailer okay, never mind then. You can't go. You can't even. To me. You... I've seen the other three X Men movies though, and First Class. Okay. And, and Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. I have not seen La La Land, so I guess that knocks me down some more, but.
0: Um... <laughs> it definitely Is hurts. Is that an X Men movie? Is yeah. La La Land an X Men movie? It could be every what? movie, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
3: why I figured that was going. Um, oh, it's a horror I... thriller one too, right? La La Land's a horror thriller. <laughs> Get out and dance. That's what it was. Get out and dance.
0: Somebody actually made a La La Land David Lynch cut trailer, and it was wow. phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's like La La Land, oh. Twin Peaks. Anyway, Francisco, okay. go ahead. Oh, and
1: I have not seen Apocalypse. So first three X's, and Wolverine, and the two prequel, two prequel X's. I guess okay. I'm done.
0: What? Where, where does this one rank among them? Oh! 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 Oh!
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's you know not like what? A I would Ooh. I know a lot of people love X2 and I can see why X2 is so great, but I I'd say this is at the
0: top for me. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Good. That's yeah. fine. It's a good answer. Patrick, what did you think of the movie? You're the you're the Hugh Jackman fan in the group or the Hugh Jackman <laughs> fanboy in the group, so you probably had more stakes than the rest of us. What do you think?
3: I did. I had several stakes. I had my medium rare. And uh, it. they that were all raw. <laughs> Sorry. That was a bad joke. It's gonna be the first of many if you're not used to that by now. The uh my initial impression walking out of this was wow. And it was wow in a sense of like, what did I just watch? I didn't know how I felt about it. Going into it, Aaron, you and I talked offline and I remember you giving me, in all seriousness, a a heavy warning saying, This is this is like very gory. We're talking we're talking pretty extensive violence here. And, you know, I, I've seen movies like Hacksaw Ridge and the extent of, you know, extensive violence. that's there, but there's torture porn that I'm just not, I just, I don't like that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, well my wife and I want to go see this. This is one that she was looking forward to. And after getting your initial take from it, I had to kind of tell her, this is what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, ba- she backed off and so I was a little disappointed. I was like, well, man, I like seeing movies with my wife, but I definitely don't want her feeling uncomfortable the whole time. From the very first scene <laughs> after the Deadpool teaser. <laughs> which was great. Which was a complete shocker to me. A surprise to me. And with I With awesome Firefly most... posters in the background. Oh, gosh, it was yeah. so an Easter egg. Yeah, but we could talk about that. That could be a whole episode in and of itself. But I think when when we get to that opening scene, and I see claws through heads and decapitations. I'm going, okay, so it's probably not going to get any softer from here. Um, I kind of brace myself because I'm, you know, this is not something I, I want. I I personally kind of, it, it affects me. And I, I, I don't, it, it got me thinking, man, <laughs> even if I enjoy this whole thing, can I watch it again? And so that's kind of my response leaving it. I really really liked it I loved the fact that it was probably the most grounded x-men film that I've seen you know the Wolverine I just recently seen it I didn't care for it as much I felt like it tried to be a grounded kind of you know when I say realistic I mean realistic from a you know comic book sense but it, it tried to be kind of a boots on the ground type of thing and then it kind of Suddenly shifted into superhero, mm-hmm. and I felt as though this movie, with all of its grittiness with its <clears throat> excuse me with its realism uh a- as much as it could be expected, it felt um, <laughs> uncomfortably approachable, and that that's probably the only way I could describe it because i I don't expect to have people I know or people I don't know or hear about people with claws coming out of their their hands. And let alone hearing about them slicing people's heads off. But the 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 you know, you, you hinted at it that for me the character arc of Logan felt very real, felt very messy. It 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 didn't even end it, it ended with a satisfying note for me, but it didn't end with a bow. It wasn't something that felt ah and now they all lived happily ever after. And I think for me, I, I like movies that do that. And when you can do that from a comic book standpoint, when you can make me feel like this movie, I can take a this I can take a movie like this seriously. I can embrace the serious moments without having stupid people in the audience laughing next to me about how funny somebody getting their head cut off is. Where I can actually take a character seriously when I can see a a guy like Logan, um, pretty much just go through this transition and being emotional and being just completely out of control. It it didn't feel hokey to me. It didn't feel like, Oh, I'm watching, I'm watching the Wolverine do his berserker mode. I'm watching a guy named Logan who has struggled with his humanity and his, uh, that, that started in 2000 and has now kind of come to fruition. So I thought as a whole, the movie was, uh, to me, it was a great way to say goodbye to the character and I think for me, that was, that, was, that was good. That was a good way, it felt natural to me. It didn't feel like I was watching. It's, it's weird, You know, I think about the original X-Men and how far that character has come in terms of his development. Whereas 2000, it was very much a comic book Wolverine. Here, it was about Logan. And I thought it was aptly named. The, the title aptly kind of signified who we were talking about. We weren't talking about Wolverine. We we're talking about Logan the man behind the claws, you know? <laughs> so I loved it. I thought it was really, really good.
0: Great. I, um, I'm glad because it was, it was you. I really wanted to enjoy this one. Um, and I'm glad that the warning worked out for you too. I, yeah. I was a little, little concerned when I, when I first saw it and walked out of it thinking. I will,
3: I will say this. My wife is actually reconsidering. She's, she's saying, well, maybe. And I <laughs> yeah. I want to say, yeah. Okay. And I'm also going, no, don't. Because <laughs> I really, I don't want her Right, I don't want her last experience with, with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine to be something that's very disappointing to her.
0: Right, and you and you know what she's going to like and not like, and that's that's something that's important when discerning whether or not you recommend this film to people. It can't just be a blanket thing. Um, for me, I you know I'm I'm probably in the middle of of you guys. I, I did have some moments like Paul in this film that there were things that did not connect for me that I walked out of it going four and a half, five stars from everybody. This is the best superhero movie potentially since Dark Knight. Mm, I didn't, didn't do that for me. Um, I think I have something I want to talk about, about why I think people believe that a little later. Um, But uh, you know, all in all is a very good story as far as the progression for me of just introducing X 23 and, and doing the kind of a, a, a remake take of the old man logan comic book story um i think capturing both professor x and wolverine's uh, you know wrestling with impending death and trauma in a major way was handled with a lot of care uh, i liked the way the film was shot uh, from a cinematography standpoint it was one of the better better comic book films we've seen um, it was just, it's, it was so different, I think, than, than almost anything we've ever seen in this genre. It's really hard to find a comparison for, um, I did walk out of it telling people using the language, this is a slasher flick. Um, that's, that's how I felt about it. Uh, it was a little much for me, not that I got you know, sick or anything. I just, I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like it was completely necessary. I, I wanted to see Wolverine go berserker. But I felt like he went berserker a lot. And, I, and I, I, honestly, I think it was more X-23 that I wasn't prepared for. Seeing a 10-year-old girl like being even more berserker than Wolverine. <laughs> um, that was a, a shock to the system. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, I had a good time with it. I thought it was a very, very good movie. But I don't know that it's something that I will ever need to watch again. And so that kind of knocks it down a peg for me as well. Yeah So theme, thematically, there's just a couple couple themes I want to hit on here and, and walk through this. The big one here is fatherhood. and Paul, you and Francisco started to kind of debate this here a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, we never do that. never. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's a conversation I want us to have is I want us to talk a bit about the Charles Logan relationship and the Logan Laura relationship. Um, and how those are similar and how they're different. And I want to, I'll say my piece real quick and then I'll throw it to you guys. But when you were talking earlier about this, um, Paul, I kind of side with you somewhat in that I did not feel that Logan ever took, I don't, I do not feel that Logan ever made the choice to become a father figure so much as he made the choice simply not to abandon. And I think that those are different. I think no, deciding not to leave Laura alone. Is different than deciding to be a father, right? I agree. And and for me, that was the distinction that that kind of separated them. But w- I guess go ahead and continue now. W- let me let you start since you d- you don't think that it was a a very good fatherhood uh, story for Logan. So why is that? Um, well, it is a good father story
2: if abandonment. If you associate abandonment with fatherhood. Um, because here you have, I, I think it's a good, I, I still stand by like he abandoned the kids. He was, um, the ready to push them off. Not only this is hard to get into. All right. Stay on fatherhood, Paul. (laughs) The thing is, is that I. Yeah, I agree. He he did not accept the fatherhood responsibility and and taking care of the
0: kids. What he was more like a distant babysitter. What what do you guys have to say about that Patrick Francisco? Do you guys have a, a different yeah. opinion?
3: Well, I I think that I, I completely agree with that and I'm okay with it because I don't know that there's been any point in the X-Men timeline where logan wolverine hugh jackman you know half you want to call him has ever been representative of a father figure i mean even with rogue i was about to say
2: with rogue he he went after her he kind of looked uh, like kind of took her under his wing he did but not
3: as a father as more like a brother
2: and and again we have
3: to make that distinction because i think that the the thing that that i'm sort of torn about is the fact that that little storyline with him and Laura and her crying out daddy. I didn't necessarily buy that because I don't feel like there was enough invested in him saying, I am now the father. I, I completely agree with the statement that he was not a father figure and he didn't go after her, his daughter that he was really just, I i don't want to call it a glorified babysitter because I think that demeans what he was doing to an extent. I, I think he was in line with who his character is I mean, he has always been that way and he didn't deviate from that, but it didn't mean that he didn't grow from it. I think that the empathy that he had towards these kids, whatever it, even if it wasn't a specific father figure, it was someone who cared. I don't think it was like, oh gosh, I'm going to feel guilty if this happens. I mean, he knew going into that battle, taking all that green serum or whatever, that it wasn't going to last and that he was eventually something was going to happen. Like he wasn't going to come out of this unscathed by any means and so i think that his character didn't i don't think anything deviated unconventionally from his character even though he didn't act like maybe what people wanted him to act like like oh he's a redeemed father now no he's not i mean he's still that drunk guy that you know (laughs) as much as i would want him to be redeemed that's not who logan is logan is a messy character and it's hard for him to for me to picture him as having heart but i think the progression of that character through this movie helped him realize or helped me realize and then see the heart in him and the fact that he did care, even if it wasn't maybe specifically as a father figure.
1: Yeah. And, and for me going off of what patch said a little bit, um, I feel like the whole idea of him as a father, you, you kind of, you got to kind of take it in terms of, uh, proportionality. So if, if you're, if you're a dad, uh, I think through, uh, Few of us here are dads. Um, you usually, typically, you're in the in the uh, maternity ward. And you see your your uh, son or daughter being born, and then you live with them and help raise them, and uh, and you live life with them. So that type of father is going to look very different to someone who uh, I don't know. You maybe you you had your sperm donor and. Uh, twenty or uh, eleven years later, I forget how old Laura is. Um, she comes looking for you, and then all of a sudden, you find out you're a father to this actual real person. Um, deciding to, um, deciding to invest anything in into a relationship with that person, even if it's only a little bit, I think that's still on the path toward fatherhood, as opposed to saying that I, I was just. As a donor, I don't care about you. Uh, Peace and uh, see you later. So in that sense, I think Logan is a father because he decided to take steps toward some sort of relationship, whether just caring. I I do feel like he did some did some work to train Laura and to sort of uh, harness her her rage and her fury because it was out of control before um, whenever she was threatened at all. But like with when she's uh, taking the, I don't know if it's a monster or a rock star drink and the chips and the glasses and the, the retailers, the, the kid working the, the gas store place, whatever it's called. I can't think of the name. It's
0: a gas uh, station.
1: <laughs> gas station. Attendant. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and she just like is, flips out on him. And Logan comes in and like stops her. No, you can't do this. Uh, it's not like he's like whatever. She's just gonna do what she's gonna do. I don't care. I don't know. Just as long as I get her to this point. Whatever she does in the meantime, I, it's not my concern.
2: Just no, as long she as actually, we steal.
1: Yeah, I did notice that he stealed along with her. So yeah, and but I mean that's that again is a uh, almost like not the right teachable moment, but it is him teaching her like, okay, this, these are the things that are okay. These are the things that aren't okay. And so on his, I mean, on his
0: morality scale.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm not saying in terms of what we think is okay or what's, you know, Well, the he law later is on okay.
2: says, tells her not to steal. I'm like, Oh, what?
1: What? what? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of dads will say, you know, do as I say, not as I do, which I yeah, but he disagree with what he's saying. Uh, anyway, well, go anyway. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, I'll try to sum up by saying, I think he, he is not a father in the typical sense. He doesn't come to that, to a place of like, if, if he lived with Laura his whole life and was just now getting to the point where I think I'll care about you enough to go and rescue you from these guys. Then I'd be like, wow, worst father ever. But (laughs) this is a kid who he, he didn't know from Adam or Eve, or I'm not sure what the terminology is for a woman, but, um, Or girl, but given that this is a new person in his life and what happens on the journey between them, I think is enough to say that he becomes a father to her. Plus her feeling like she's no longer an orphan, like she belongs to um, both Charles and Logan I think that also speaks to that, even though he's not a great father and not in our probably in our terminology, wouldn't be considered a father. He is a father figure to her. And I about like, that long diatribe there. But.
2: And I'd, I'd, I'd like to comment real quickly on uh, her screaming daddy when uh, Logan did we already say spoilers? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, whatever. I mean, our listeners should know. I mean, no, whatever. Especially after today, I feel awful for not saying that. But this is a full spoiler show, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to us any further if you've gotten this far and you don't want to be spoiled. And I agree with that. Logan dies. At
1: the end was like, oh, okay. (laughs) See, and
0: I don't because I think
2: she had been told even before or when she met him by the, the Mexican woman that Logan was her dad. So I think she oh,
1: just—that's why she was going to look for Logan. Yeah. Oh, I never really put that together. I thought she—that was the only X Men in town that
3: no, she could find. Maybe, but the that's what I think.
0: <laughs> He's the only one in the phone book. So <laughs> yeah. You know? Let's see. X X X X twenty three. There you are. Okay,
3: <laughs> let me give you a call.
2: <laughs> so I think that's why she's she was crying, Daddy, because that was like her only link to family. Yeah, that she had.
3: I get that. But the thing is, is coming back from 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 Texas, we had breakfast with a a couple who had recently fostered um, a little girl and they adopted her. And it was interesting. She didn't call who's now her mom, mom for the first several months. And I was like, well, is that weird? And her mom was like, no, it's not because that's not who she knew. She didn't really know her birth mom. But she didn't really know this woman, so she just kept calling her by her first name, and that's kind of where I got a little crisscross or a little backwards because I'm going, she never knew Logan. She, her she didn't connect, know him as Logan either, did she? She didn't, and but she, he, he was referred to as Logan by several people while she was uh, present. Okay. What I'm saying is I that her that. her daddy attachment to him, I don't yeah. think was earned. I think her attachment period to him as a as a surrogate as someone who who eventually earned that closeness was was warranted but to say daddy at the end I felt like was a little too much for me like I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I saw that father daughter relationship I mean for someone to want to I mean unless we knew more about her and that she's always wanted a dad or if we saw images of her you know I I don't I don't know that there was enough of her backstory that was shown to us where it showed her absence her, her fatherly absence and the the results of that, but it just didn't, it didn't work for me to have mm-hmm. her say that. Like, I wish she would have just cried and said goodbye. Like, don't even refer to him as Logan or daddy. Just say goodbye or, or something. I don't yeah. know what the script would be better saying, but. I,
0: I get mm. that. But I, I also, you know, I don't think any of us necessarily know what it's like to be an adopted child or, um, you know, a child, a foster child who years later seeks out, Um, their biological parent and I I think back to this is us which is a show Patrick and I are in love with and this exact type of thing happens you know we have this this character who's in his you know 30s late 30s or whatever and all of a sudden he meets his real dad for the first time his biological father and it's it, it's, Spoilers for it's, this is us. It's kind of
3: <laughs> that's the first episode, Goober. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, gracious. but if you haven't
0: seen it yet, if you um,
3: haven't seen it. Okay, never
0: mind. I'm not going
1: to see it, but uh,
3: you guys oh, can I leave should. now. <laughs> we'll
0: just start talking. Um, but anyway, my point is that uh, you know I think that could potentially be a response. Um, I don't know. I don't know how a person would feel in that way because okay. there is no other connection for her. So while I also while I truly don't feel it's earned either, I also. I'm not wholeheartedly against it because I can see where if it literally everyone that is a X 23 now has nothing. She, she was born in a, in a tube. Um, the only thing she had was Logan. And even whether she doesn't have a personal relationship with him or not, that was her biological link to anything. And now there's nothing left. And so like, how could that possibly feel? Um, that would be pretty traumatic. I think, What about um, before we move on from fatherhood? What about Charles Logan? How did you guys feel about the relationship between these two guys in this film? Because it is it has been building. I want to frame it in this sense. This is a relationship that we have seen from X-Men, which we reviewed on your show. We talked about um, all the way through till now that has built and built and built and, and it has deepened. And I think that has to be taken into context. It can't you can't just look at this as what happens between them in this movie It's a matter of what has taken place the last seventeen years in film between these two, leading to now. And did anybody have any strong reaction to their relationship?
1: Oh, I, I totally did. I, I mean, I just every time I saw Logan carrying Professor X, like especially at the time when they're in the that family's house and he's carrying him up the steps and putting him into sleep, I, I, there was just this, this beauty. It was the only word I could think to describe it. Of just care and love and just what, what it looks like for someone to take care of their, their dad biological or otherwise. Um, and just, I I mean, I know in the beginning it was, it was really hard and that Logan was still stuck with professor X, even though he's having these episodes and, and is trying to just medicate him so that it doesn't happen. But I, I just, I, I loved seeing where that relationship got to, where it was in the first X-Men. Um, I don't think we talked about it too much uh, when we did our episode on Retro Rewind Podcast, but, um, but that that Xavier is looking out for Logan and is able to help him discover who he is, and I feel like it's completely reciprocated in this film when by Logan seeing just how much Xavier did for him and beca- even though Xavier didn't have to do any of that and how much he then looks to c- take care of Charles. I-, I just loved
0: seeing that. Yeah, Patrick, did you like that at all? Did you think? I mean, I'm oh, assuming that you loved it. yeah. yeah
3: yeah absolutely and i think on the flip side of what we just talked about that was completely earned and ironically what we have is moments of father-son relationships they don't have to be said when when logan is faking calling xavier dad it doesn't feel unnatural you know, Mm -hmm. seeing him take care of, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. It feels very natural because we have that history. And, you know, the trip that we took, my wife and I took, um, her, her mom passed away. Mm -hmm. And so we, we talk about uh, our relationships with our parents being in the sort of sandwich generation of where we're kind of struggling with taking care of both our parents and our children because our parents are getting older and our kids are, are are still growing up. We have young kids. And I think I connected with with that particular relationship um in small moments like when he's carrying Charles up the stairs because that's sort of how my wife um her relationship with her mom was in that it was very frustrating at times, you know her her mom was not taking care of herself and it sort of it led to this debilitating life and in some ways we see that with with Logan and Charles where he's like take your medicine take your medicine um you're having these seizures and this helps and and of course Xavier's like you know in colorful language no <laughs> he's not and I think that to me that feels like a a genuine father-son relationship because where Xavier has taken care of Logan and different ways throughout this whole franchise here we see a genuine um reciprocation of logan to xavier and we see the frustrations with that we see logan caring so much about xavier and almost putting him in positions where he he has to (laughs) tell him no and and make him do things you know even that that first scene with him about you know getting you know when he's on the ground after getting thrown from his wheelchair you know picking him up and and then later on having to put him on the on the toilet cuz he has to go to the bathroom and all these things that feel very much like a a child having to take care of their aging parent um it, that surprised me the most at how genuine that felt watching that on screen
0: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it did for me, too. I I, I really enjoyed their relationship. And it was the best part of the film to me was seeing them go through this all the way up till the burial scene, um, which I know we're gonna talk about a little bit later, probably in more detail. But um, just, yeah, everything between those two on screen together at the moment, that's that's what really did it for me. That's what I loved about this film. Uh, you could have taken the X twenty three storyline out. It was kind of like a a propellant for me, or a just a a device to get me what I wanted, which was Logan and Charles um, struggling. And you know, I someone I don't want to completely claim this, and I I wish I knew who to credit, but there was somebody on Facebook in in a thread somewhere uh, who described Wolverine as the poster boy for disabled vets who often struggle to handle their trauma in healthy emotional and physical ways and i just thought that was brilliant like that is exactly what this is wolverine is a is a veteran of war like he's fought battles and battles and battles for centuries maybe who knows i guess you know how long this guy's been alive um
2: since the civil war right
0: yeah so since the civil war so yeah centuries and you know he's he's tra- traumatized he he has ptsd and and this is this is what someone who has ptsd and is simultaneously a poisoning internally, literally would be dealing with. And, and I think very similar to how you might see them reacting. And, and this, by the same token, you see Charles dealing with some of the same stuff, um, more of a mental trauma, um, that's, that's really weighing him down, obviously being the, the world's most telepathic man, the <laughs> strongest telepath would, uh, be hard to deal with. I think when it comes to this stuff. So, um let's so i how did we feel about where we end up so we end up in this movie exactly where most of us thought things would end when we saw the trailer which is the the goodbye moment for logan and the goodbye moment for professor x anybody have any strong feelings about any, first i guess my first question is do, do any of us have will any of us have a problem with those those deaths i do not I do. Paul, you do. You go first. I have
2: a problem with how the Professor X died. Um, I thought it was, as a character, needless. Uh, I would have liked, if he's going to go out, I would like to see him go out in kind of like the same kind of way that Dark Phoenix went out in X3, basically sacrifice in a heroic act not like oh someone snuck in the middle of the night and stabbed him I thought it was a poor uh, distasteful way to treat that character
0: yeah I think if I had a problem with it it would be the way not necessarily the way but the character that kills him Um, because I feel like X-24 was a throwaway waste of of a character in this film he was not developed he was just a super soldier thrown in there um, i mean i know i know the story of x24 in the comics i understand that, that this is also wolverine's you know dna and so that's why he looks like wolverine so then you get this moment of well it's really wolverine killing you but it's it's not you know and yeah, so it's, it's sadder but i don't think that was earned from the standpoint of us being invested in x24 enough I think we he's he's brand new he's thrown into this film and within 20 minutes of being introduced in this movie he kills Professor X who's been around for 17 years and I that was a little hard for me um but for him to die at all and and to to pass away in this film and to finally say his goodbyes I think it made sense to happen in this story what about you guys Francisco Patrick
1: well excuse me for me uh Short answer. It, it didn't bother me to see Professor X die. It made sense. I here are my here's the long answer, long form answer to that. I if he's the world's strongest telepath, how did he not know that X-24 wasn't Logan? That seemed a bit fishy to me. I, he I didn't was like, having
2: brain problems.
1: Uh, but that, there was a lot of, that X-24 guy was r- close by. He was able to communicate with Laura from a distance so I feel like there's, I, I felt like that wasn't explained very well. Um, so that's one. Two is because, so I, I'm, I'm one of those, those annoying people that like, if there's a, a, a trailer that comes on before a movie that of a movie I want to see, I'm like closing my eyes and cl- plug my ears and go la la la. Cause I don't want to have any spoilers. I'm one of those people. And I, I because I like I said before I had no interest in the previous Wolverine movies so I'm like oh yeah I'll see what this Logan's about and like I I watched this trailer I'm like oh my gosh this looks like such an amazing movie um and I watched the trailer one more time with my wife and because of seeing it I I almost knew something was going to happen because he was in in the trailer it sort of ends with him in a, a a wife beater excuse me a tank top um that's bloodied. And when they go out to the water pump, he takes off his shirt and there's uh the tank top. I'm like, oh no, something bad's coming. And in that in the trailer, he's obviously buried someone, and there's the voiceover of Patrick Stewart. So the trailer pretty much telegraphs that Patrick Stewart was gonna die. And I knew because of the costume that it was gonna happen pretty soon. So I was upset about that.
2: Um <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. Cause I like you, I was trying to avoid watching anything on it.
1: Yeah. Um, but I I can see what you're saying, Paul, how for the, for the world's most powerful telepath and the leader of the X-Men ostensibly to, to just go out to that, that, that is pretty sad though. I prefer, I prefer him being taken out in that way as opposed to, I don't know, him becoming corrupted in some way and, and having to. And die because of that, so it's it's tough. I don't know how I would have written that any better to have had him go out i don't I, I feel like a self sacrifice like you were talking about with dark Phoenix. I don't know where you have put that in and made it
2: work I guess you maybe. I don't know either, but I, yeah, I wouldn't want to see him go bad, you know, and we have to take him out like dark yeah, Phoenix. yeah, yeah. but Yeah, maybe like have a, uh, like, all right, don't give me my meds, and I'll take out this entire people, and then he dies through that. I don't know.
1: I I do want to say, before Patch gives his thing, just because we're about to transition from fatherhood, I thought it was interesting that we also have one more father-son relationship in this, and that's between uh, what I'm calling Dr. Evil and X-24. I mean, it's interesting how it's almost the antithesis of... Xavier and or Charles and Logan, whereas Charles is trying to focus comes or Logan comes to Charles and he's like just doing his own thing and very like angry. And Charles focuses him and Dr. Evil focuses X-24, but to amplify his rage and his destruction. So I thought that was the another interesting way of how the father can influence the son or the
3: child to a great degree. For better or worse. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Um, I I'm very hesitant to say whether I like. I, I I definitely agree that I didn't prefer the way in which Xavier died because of the fact that we don't have an antagonist in X24's. His, we don't have enough about him to justify either wanting to hate him um, for another reason other than oh he killed Xavier but as as someone who is learning how to tell stories I try to justify I want to be able to justify my answers by saying here's what I would do Um, instead of just saying well I didn't like that now I mean it's a fair statement to say I didn't like it it didn't didn't jive with me I mean that's that's definitely a, a fair statement to say as a as an audience member but as someone who's trying to figure out okay well what would I do differently you know what would Patrick do I would you know It's it's hard because I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you could make him turn bad, or it could be, you know, would you would you make it more of an accident? Maybe because X-23 is so out of control when she goes into these berserker rampages. Maybe at some point she tries to fight off X-24, and somehow she misses, or he throws her, and maybe her claws go into Xavier. But I don't know that I want that either, because that doesn't feel right. It feels like an Mm -hmm. accident.
2: I have a suggestion,
3: not kill him. (laughs) True, but I think to to Aaron's comment, I feel like his arc, his life needed to end. Really? I I didn't feel that at all. Yeah, I I felt like the relationship between him and Logan was being wrapped up in this movie. So his only purpose in
2: life is Logan?
3: No, but I felt like in this universe, that was really I mean there's a reason why he's a central character in this movie. It's because of his relationship with Logan. I don't see a lot of movies about him and Gene or him and Scott or him and him and Rogue or anybody. I mean, yes, if you gave him his own movie, I'm sure those relationships would flesh themselves out. But we've seen that Logan's relationship, the closest one he's had besides Rogue, has been Gene, but more so with, with Xavier. I, I felt like if you're going to kill off characters in a movie, significant characters – I had no problem with both Xavier and Logan dying the way they did not necessarily the method for Xavier, but the fact that they did. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, my answer is really more in line with, with Aaron's and and all of you guys, I didn't like the way it was done, but I want to have a better way of saying, here's how I would have probably done it to help the movie, you know, gel a little bit more. Right. I had no problem with his death.
0: Great. So, um, you know, what about the way Logan died? um his Giant splinter his Giant splinter <laughs> <laughs> and not the one splinter. from the turtle right <laughs> and that killed it <laughs> <There we go. laughs> um anybody have any any opinion on the way that logan died
2: i i was shocked that he died from that because i felt he could have slow like okay little girl push him off the stump and he'll like slowly he might take like a couple days but he could heal from that But apparently, like, oh, they're just going to let him die. Oh, oh, really? Oh, okay. So I was a little shocked.
1: I thought him using all that green fluid at once essentially was essentially like taking adrenaline. And right after it was all done, he was in a much more weakened state. He was. He
0: was. That's correct. He
1: hadn't taken it at all. And that's why
2: it came. Right. But I still felt, I still sensed that his body was still healing itself but at a much much slower rate so I thought that he could have like I thought he was going you know what Uh, yeah they say like don't take it all but I'm going to take it all because I know my body will heal itself eventually anyway
3: yeah see I didn't see that at all I saw him taking that knowing what it was going to do because that very last line that he says oh this is what it feels like I think that summed up really what he wanted for however many hundreds of years, I mean, he has lived with this. I mean, he wants to die. I think. I think that's part of what we see. Yeah. The film. Oh, but, yeah. And I think yeah. that for him that that felt redemptive to me. Maybe again, the method, you know, getting the line. Getting,
2: I agree. Yes.
3: And I think that paid off good. the death itself. Again, if it was something more dramatic, that may have been a lot better. The fact that he died at the hands of nature, you know, at a tree maybe that wasn't so great. I didn't have a problem with that because I felt like what he had done up to that point um, paid paid helped get paid off by that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and and what we know about him.
0: So I I didn't mind him dying, saving the kids. Okay. But, but like you guys, I, you know, I didn't necessarily love the exact method of it. Um, Again, I don't know how I would would rewrite it personally. The green stuff was one of my negatives of this movie. It was one of the fallback on a comic book trope things that that it did that kind of took it out of that being grounded a little bit because it was one of those, okay, this is a green liquid in a jar and we kind of know what it does, but not really. But it's really important, but it's going to be plot central like it's going to be absolutely critical to the plot but just just please buy this and go with it because we need this to get us to the where we need to be without really having a true method reason for it you know um that's how i felt about the green stuff like i I still don't fully understand what it what the purpose of it it was outside of ultimately logan using it as an adrenaline rush Um, and i don't think he needed it i think that he i don't know i would have believed
3: his adrenaline rush naturally would have would in. have would yeah. would have been just fine without it because of no, the but I, I don't I'm, think
1: he needed it. I I disagree because you see him super struggling by the time he gets close to the whole to, movie. Well the whole movie, but by the time like he's just run how knows how many miles and by the time he gets to the actual where the kids are and the 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 raiders are, he's like super struggling at that point. So I don't I think any adrenaline he had, like innate adrenaline, was already used up.
3: Right. But I think again, I I think that was set up in order to show the moment where he takes all the green stuff. Had we not if if you had if you had filmed that scene with him completely like jacked up, having not if if that green stuff hadn't been introduced to him at all, Mm -hmm. you know, if he hadn't said, you know, don't take this all at once, if that that moment hadn't existed, if he'd just taken off and he was just running and running and running, we wouldn't have questioned that. We we question it because yeah, he was but If I were filming that, I would have said, look, you're going to be, you know, Logan's going to be completely motivated and completely full of adrenaline because he wants to do this. He wants to complete this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think he needed the green, you know, the green liquid to, to amplify him.
0: I think I would have bought,
3: I would have bought that without it. 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 it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So with the kind of leading that into villains, I, I, I want to talk briefly about the villains in this film because another kind of negative for me, these are the things that brought this... Now I'm gonna, Let me say, for me overall, this is like a four-star film. Uh, but the things that, that lost that, that extra star to make it great, um, you've got to have a villain that I buy. And I was not loving the villains in this um, either... I gosh, I don't even remember his name, but the, the security guy guard guy with the hand. Yeah. Pierce. Pierce. You know, I was, I was bummed right away because I thought, okay, cool. We have one guy who has a bionic hand, but then we find out that literally every single soldier in that, you know, unit has bionic parts, which kind of takes away from the, the cool factor of, of this guy being special. Um, and then we have a scientist come in later to try and be our big bad. You know, who's, who's the, anytime it's a scientist who's just been doing laboratory work and all of a sudden he's the, (laughs) the main antagonist, it's kind of like, eh, it's hard to buy that. Um, so for me, the villains were a little weak. Did anybody feel differently about that? I I guess, I guess I felt like the trauma that Logan and Charles went through emotionally because of their past was more of a villain than the actual villains in this film.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I agree.
3: Yeah, I agree too. I, I think that, um. They felt shoehorned, and at the very beginning, I, I liked Pierce. I loved that opening, you know, introduction. i fan. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I thought that's a great eel Southern accent, cool, whatever. Uh, and I thought this is going to be kind of cool, but it gets overshadowed by what I consider more important elements of the film, which is the Logan-Xavier relationship, Logan's relationship with Lauren, and then you start throwing in crazy professors or you know, crazy, crazy scientists, and then X-24. And all of a sudden, you've got all this stuff happening that, of course, leads to a big battle at the end. But at that point, I didn't really care much about Pierce or X-24. I was like, okay, we're gonna these guys are going to get killed off at some point. And they felt, at that point, throwaway.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. They always far-
2: felt throwaway to me, but go ahead.
1: I was going to say, as far as the villains go, I, I felt like they, they served the purpose um, that they're supposed to. I, I liked I I like Pierce as a villain. I thought they could have fleshed him out more. I really hated Doctor Rice and this and hate him for his, I guess, philosoph- philosophical standpoint of eh, we're just gonna make kids test two babies and you know, they're not they're not children. They're just patents and copyrights and whatever. Right? Uh, Aren't cares? you
2: supposed to hate the villain and their
1: Yes and their but methods never, or their I usually their... don't I I I found myself being so filled with wrath for Dr. Rice that I felt like his headshot uh, death was way too quick. I would have much preferred him and Pierce's death be flipped. Like, I would have liked seeing all the kids just, like, use all their powers on Dr. Rice and just like, suck it, I can't believe he did this to us. That's what I wanted to see. More Uh than Pierce, which I felt like, Pierce, I, I feel like could have just been killed by Logan and that would have suffice. Like, oh, man, at least I died to my hero or something. I don't know, something ridiculous like that. Probably not. I agree. But, uh, I agree. But that's, I just, I hate Dr. Rice for what he did to those kids and that it was just, eh, okay, whatever. And um, more so and sort of the broader range of, of uh, all the people that were working for Dr. Rice, and I forget the name of the company, Talogen or something, Industries.
2: It's forgettable. Um, That's another yes. bad thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Engine making dinosaurs. Now, uh, how do they get so many men? Because I don't think I, I didn't see any women fighters um, or or bruisers or whatever, but how do they get so many men to a place in their lives that the act of capturing and harming children is just like, eh, whatever, it's a day's work. That's how I put bread on, uh, you know, food well, on the table. I was just like, how, how do you, that's just so deplorable to me that they got to this point.
2: No, 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 no. You're thinking about it all wrong, Francisco. Oh, these okay. men, these, like all these guys in armor and everything, these are just casual guys trying to earn a living, okay? <laughs> they have family they're just going to capture they're not killing kids they're just going to put them in handcuffs but no these kids are decapitating them and like killing them left and right like these poor people have families and friends and they're trying to go out and serve the peace while these kids are running amok destroying things
1: I don't see how they're trying to serve the peace they seem very much like just mercenaries and that
2: well they're uh, not killing them they're they're
1: just just trying trying to apprehend apprehend them. them I uh, I feel like they're doing more than that. Uh, from my memory, I can't remember a specific example,
2: but I feel oh, like oh, they're was... they're taking them to people who are experimenting on them. Sure.
1: Oh, well, that's fine. It's,
2: it's out of my no. hand at that point. Yeah, they're delivery people, kind of like the <laughs> the post office or something.
1: <laughs> not delivery boy. All right. I'm a messenger boy. All right, I got that. Clip. Darn it. It's mess. I'm not a messenger boy. I'm. Deliver-
0: Patrick. Any thoughts on the villains? Um, yeah, just, what I already said, I,
3: I, Any I still other... feel like they're, they're kind of throwaways. I, I felt like there were, there were maybe one too many. Mm-hmm. I think you could have had X 24 without his, his professor dad, you know, whatever. I think you could have had Pierce die off early. And next, I, I feel like Pierce to me felt like he had potential, but he didn't get fleshed out enough. Mm-hmm. X 24 was cool but he didn't have enough backstory. And, and when you have these two characters that sit in the same movie and they're trying to accomplish this goal of getting us to the final battle, it just didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel like, like it was something that was really like, I was glad when they died. I mean, I, at, at the very, at, if anything, I was cheering when these characters were getting killed off more so Pierce than X-24, but Still, they were. I, I it was almost distracting from the arc that I cared about, which is Logan himself, Logan and Laura, and Xavier and and Logan.
0: Right. It just, it just,
3: I don't know. It, but again, I don't have answers. Like, okay, how would you change that? So they served their purpose, and and I I'm okay with that. Well, I think you know what.
2: Oh, I was about to say what didn't make sense to me. You mentioned X twenty four. It's like okay, all these kids on their paperwork said X twenty three. So there's these group of kids called X23, uh-huh. and then X24 is just one guy. Where, why would you only bring one X24? You should have like a well another group of X24
0: mutants going after these. Well, no, they 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 said they perfected it. So, so do, the doctor kind of tries to explain that a little bit. How X23 was like a it, so it's a test, right? It's a test test project, and they they made multiple kids with multiple different types of mutant blood. Um, and it just didn't work because the kids, they thought that they could bring the kids up to be certain personality traits. Right. And it, and it didn't work. And so instead, they decided to go straight for uh, someone that was already in adult adulthood, that was already ingrained, I guess, is the way they kind of tried to explain it. And so that was Wolverine. And so in and theory. there was only one of you them? You wouldn't need. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you would only create one soldier. What kind of stupid
0: villain would do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't like him either. I give, I give them one props. that isn't
1: fleshed out. Yeah,
0: yeah. I give them props for the idea of the fact that the only thing that can beat Wolverine physically is Wolverine. And I, I think that yeah. that is probably ultimately what the film was intending to, to be saying to us is, you know, he can't be beaten except by himself. And he's got, he's got, he's fighting against himself. It was very metaphorical in nature. He's, he's, you know, yes. et cetera. And so, you know, for that for that reason it was not a complete bomb but it was it was definitely not the high point either um so what about technology in this one how did you guys feel you know we we talked about the 2004 film on was it 2004 the original x men 2000 2000, 2000 2000 goodness gracious so long ago um we talked about the that film on your show and so here we get you know completely Broad spectrums from beginning to end, uh, and we get a lot of different CGI technology. I remember on your show we specifically discussed the claw animation. The claws, yeah. So <laughs> anybody, anybody, have any strong thoughts on on whether you think that the CGI advancements have helped or hurt this 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 film in particular? I'll go on record in saying that it helped.
1: Yeah, and you know what I. I was not able to tell even Pierce's hand. I was not able to tell if it was always CG or maybe CG some of the time. So I, I feel like the only thing that I thought looked CG were those drones that were like scoping out the kids,
0: which yeah. is weird
1: because you think of all the things that they could make real would be drones. Cause we have yeah, drones everywhere now. Right um, and, and maybe they were, and they just looked it, but uh, I, I So CG definitely, I I felt because CG wasn't the highlight, because this movie wasn't a spectacle movie, and CG didn't have to be front and center, I think that helped it just augment this movie to make it be very believable that this took place in 2029 or something. Um, So I, I really appreciate that it was just there to supplement the movie, that it wasn't the main focus.
2: But even the whole Hugh Jackman versus Hugh Jackman, I thought it was done really well. It didn't distract oh, yeah, it yeah. from me.
1: Well, doesn't he have a natural twin? Isn't that just his twin? No, I'm
2: kidding. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he shows up in in uh, the Prestige too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> that's Honestly, that's awesome. That's a- <laughs> the next time I watch it, I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna be like X24. Oh my gosh X24, right? Yeah.
2: As a fanboy, I was I was hoping that oh you have another Wolverine guy, maybe
0: he could be in the yellow costume, but no. Oh oh I know. Oh, oh that would be oh no, but the, but the the little the little. uh fat mutant kid boy was was holding a wolverine in spandex so that we would get that that was so ridiculous i was like just stop it at the funeral nonetheless i was like come on like how uh, (laughs) give it up like now you're trying too hard
2: at least it was in there maybe that's what they were thinking
0: (laughs) okay um i liked the cgi in this one a lot again slasher flick as a as person who's become more attuned to the horror genre. It, it didn't bother me as much as it may have in the past. Although I still have that limit. I don't, that's not my favorite type of horror either. I, I lean towards the psychological um, type of horror more than the, the physical grotesque goriness. And so there was a balance, but the CGI of there's one scene in the Las Vegas casino that is particularly incredible uh, and then, of course, anything with the claws—just anytime Wolverine and X twenty three are are completely eviscerating the poor soldiers—it's it, it's awesome. I mean, it's it, it's kind of a mouth open spectacle to behold, and you just you're looking at it like this is the Wolverine that would exist in real life. And for that, I, the movie gets it right. It gets it right. Like if there really was a Wolverine who had a healing factor and a berserker rage trait and metal adamantium claws if he was slashing someone in the face we would see those claws go through someone's head and pop out the other side like that's what it would look like and uh and they they got it they nailed it (laughs) i'm gonna have to
2: kind of disagree with you on that and that's because only because of the quickness see the problem is I'm spoiled by Marvel versus Capcom 2 where he goes into yes. this Berserker Claw. You know, he <laughs> does this tumble and he does like 30 different swipes almost in like uh 3 seconds. So yep. I was I was expecting this Jason Bourne kind of like fast cut boom, 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 boom. boom and it never happened and But and you don't like that, Paul. I yes, but if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right and they picked the old Logan time to do this. And so it never, it never got to its Zenith where it was like Wolverine at his height. And I was disappointed in that Toward at the very end, right after he took it, the serum, he, he did like some quick stuff there, but even then as a director, I would have cut some of those frames to make it seem a little bit faster and a little more berserk.
1: Hmm. Um yeah, I can see I, that. I, I can see that Go too. Ahead. Oh, thank you, Patch. Um, speaking more to Aaron bringing up the whole idea of we really see what's gonna happen if you there really was a Wolverine, this is what would happen when he's attacking and killing people. And what's so fascinating to me about that, and this is probably I'm be curious if this is anyone else, but for me, I'm fairly desensitized to violence in movies. But for whatever reason, in this movie, I felt almost sad for every single of the just of the, the, the henchmen guys that got killed. Like like I said, I had Dr. Rice and Pierce to a lesser extent. But all the just general guys, I was when they saw that they were going to die and 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 Logan just killed him. I felt bad. Like I did have that sense, Paul, like you were saying there, they weren't going to see their families anymore. And I think with movies like there that you don't see the impact, I don't feel that as much. I'm like, yeah, okay. Someone died. So another person died. They don't matter. So I, I don't know if it was just how this movie was shot and told that I felt like the violence actually mattered. um, but i, I think don't usually feel that so i think I, it's I like
2: because that. they kept the frame they kept the like the claw in the head for like a, an extra frame or two so you can actually see it's like did that really happen yeah that really happened
1: maybe, and maybe that's maybe that's it it's just the matter of you actually have to sit with the brutality of that more yeah than just cutting away and it being like oh yeah the good guys are winning now <laughs> it's more like oh man just that's another life that's Snubbed well, it's out, it's so.
2: very brutal
3: yeah it is and i think that what makes this one i never saw deadpool so i can't attest to like what the violence is i've seen trailers and that's about it so i can tell this you one's what worse. i okay and well good because i feel like the attitude behind deadpool versus the attitude behind logan is different and that even if the violence is less in deadpool it seems like it would be more gratuitous. And maybe Paul, you, you've seen both. So do you, do you feel like there's a different, do you think like the attitude behind the violence changes the impact of the violence? I mean, obviously the, 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 the destruction behind it obviously is more in, in Logan from what you're from what you're saying. But do you feel like there's, do you feel like it's like, it means more in this movie or not?
0: You were asking Paul, right?
3: Yes, or anybody. I mean, well, I, I, know, I was I gonna. Can't, I can't attest. To, I can't attest to Deadpool.
0: So, so I wanted to I bring this up anyway um, and talk about this. So I'm glad that you asked that exact question the way that you did, Patrick. Um, the The way I have seen responses going among various circles and film groups that I run in, I have seen a wide, wider spread pushing away of. Deadpool and a lot of that is due to the vulgarity of Deadpool not necessarily the violence of Deadpool and I have seen an embracing of the violence in Wolverine or in Logan and I wondered very much myself the same thing is as a whole as a as a society in general um, why are we more likely to be okay with the violence in Wolverine while also rejecting the vulgarity in Deadpool? Why are we drawing that line? And if we're claiming that Deadpool is true to the comics, like that's the character, and we got that character on screen, which is true, he is a vulgar and somewhat violent character, what about Wolverine? We're, are we getting the same thing? And and so should we? should we be accepting of those things in the same manner or should we feel differently about them so it's a fascinating concept to me too to compare what what these two different films are rated for and how they're handled now I will say Patrick the violence in Deadpool is more comedic in nature it is, it is also ultra violent when it happens at times but it is it's meant to be funny <laughs> Whereas in Wolverine, it's not meant to be funny. That's, that's okay. the distinction I would draw.
3: And that's, that's kind of what we talked about offline a little bit about the audience that watches this film with us. I, 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 I've said it several times, so I can't remember if we actually said it on the show, but if I, I we did already, I apologize. But I feel like the, the two or the three guys sitting around me who laughed at the end of these action sequences where, you know, Wolverine slices somebody's head off or, you know something ends abruptly and you hear laughing I feel like it's the same kind of attitude that would exist when you're supposed to laugh in a movie like Deadpool and that frustrates me because I'm not saying that you know violence should never be laughed at I mean that's not my cup of tea I can't laugh at at hyper I don't like hyper violence I don't it's not it is not something I enjoy so when you couple that with comedy it just it's it's not what what I'm what I'm into But where I get frustrated with is the fact that this movie is trying to use violence to amplify a character's character traits. You know, this is who Logan is. This is who Laura is. They Almost they cannot control the way that their their nature is. And that's a real struggle. I mean, you can connect that to a real life thing, but I, I think when Does it make it more acceptable? I don't think so. I mean, like you, I probably won't see this movie again, but for different reasons. Right, (laughs) It's it's just too much for me to to look at that kind of violence. But at the same time, I also can appreciate it because I felt like it was intentional to further the story and not just to say, how over the top can we get? Sometimes I felt that way. Sometimes I felt like you didn't need to show me that. And other times I felt like, okay, I was pumping my fist at that guy's head flying off, you know, (laughs) which sounds really creepy. But I just, I think that's where my dilemma is, is when violence becomes justified or when hyperviolence becomes justified versus when it doesn't, you know, that's, I think that becomes a, you know, a personal preference versus an artistic preference. So from an artistic preference, I felt like it's completely justified in probably both films. My personal preference is that I can accept it more in a movie like Logan than I can in a movie like Deadpool. But even that's an extreme case.
2: And it's it's individualized. Oh. Um, oh, go ahead, Francisco.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm always going to say this. I haven't seen Deadpool, but I just wanted to comment real quick to you guys that had knuckleheads in your theater. I, I just wanted to give you some sense of um, relief that there's a special level of hell reserved for those people. I hope so. Child man. molesters. So it's
0: That's, the same. It's about so, on the same level. Yeah. I yeah. concur.
2: Um, wow. There goes grace. Anyway, uh, it's a firefly got, reference fall. Okay. I watched sure. the
1: line, but it's a firefly <laughs> reference.
2: Sure. Okay. What I was about to say is, um, the thing that bothered me on this and I don't, Remember Deadpool being this way, and please correct me if I'm wrong. This had a lot of uh, splatter violence, uh, a lot of blood attached to it, and that's what bothered me a lot, as opposed to Deadpool not. It's more of the um, uh, quick action, quick cut. Yeah, there's bullets, but it's kind of like, what do I want to say? It's kind of like, for me, John Wick... A lot of people liked it, but there was too much blood splatter for me as opposed to like The Accountant that had a lot of gun shooting in it, but there wasn't a lot of blood splatter. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the the violence in John Wick was too much, but not in The Accountant, and I think that might be the same. Also, what this movie did, like when he chopped that, that one head farmer guy's head off, I thought that was great and totally appropriate. I thought that should have happened way more often. Instead of me just like Wolverine just stabbing people in the head a lot, I think he would swipe and move on to the next guy. There'd be a lot more heads rolling, but I don't think it quote unquote looked cool. They I think it, it made people who love the violence like, Hey, let's take still shots and of these of these claws actually in people rather than quick
0: slice of uh, the heads rolling off and moving on mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense that makes sense it, it's, a, it's a lot more clean is what you're saying than like the violence in a hacksaw ridge in a war film where you're, you're dealing with legs being blown off via shrapnel and right. it's, it's not it's not a, a clean cut it's it's very ra- rugged and jagged and, and your body's being ripped through whereas Wolverine would pretty quickly slice and dice you yeah great well i think that's probably covered most of what we should talk about for this one it sounds like uh we all i think it sounds like the consensus would be if we were on your show actually you know what let's just do this <laughs> i'm gonna put us all <laughs> on the spot What's we're gonna going? we're gonna do retro rewinds oh, no, uh taking over grading scale right now <laughs> on retro rewind podcast everybody they rate films and they call that, and, and this is going to be difficult because uh, you, you're not looking at this, what, 15 years? Is that your your Yeah, 15 years. Or so old, they look at films 15 years older and then they rate them as uh, classic, meaning that the film holds up well and you would still recommend it today, or nostalgic, uh, which is, hey, this is something that I remember for myself. That I enjoyed, but it's not something that I would think many people would want to watch for the first time now or that I even revisit very often. Mm. Or um, what was the other one? Classic nostalgic, Tra- tragic, or, or tragic, which is yeah. unfortunately it doesn't hold up very well. So I'm going to mm. ask. Here's what I'm going to ask you. I want us all to give our prediction for this film. If, if you easy. were predicting 15 <laughs> years from now, Patrick. What do you think 15 years from now you're going to think about Logan? you think it's going to be tragic, classic, or nostalgic?
3: Well, it automatically bumps from tragic to nostalgic because Hugh Jackman's in it. So from that foundation, I would probably call this classic. I think it's a very significant movie in the X-Men franchise and a great way for Logan as a character to finalize his uh his character in this so i would go i think it,
0: i think it would be a classic okay francisco uh
1: for me actually uh, um interesting that we're on the Feel and film podcast because i think i would rate it a classic just because i felt a lot in this movie so for instance you brought up john wick paul i i really enjoy john wick i i'm not opposed to splatter blood that type of violence it doesn't bother me um but i didn't feel anything for john wick i just thought it was a cool movie logan i felt i really felt like invested in these characters and where they were going and their relationships so for that and i would definitely rewatch this movie again um so a classic for
2: me paul um i think you can Guess how I would predict? This. <laughs> oh,
1: classic. I'm good. I'm glad you predicted classic, Paul. Okay, Aaron, you can go ahead now.
2: <laughs> so Paul, Let's put it this Paul, way: I going? own, I own every single X-Men movie. I will not own this one.
3: Ooh, really. Because he's oh waiting for goodness. the Criterion Collection to come out, and he'll get that
2: No, movie. I will not watch this movie again. I want Professor X, while he's still alive, to wipe my brain of ever seeing this movie. <laughs> I think
3: that's
1: more of a Men in Black job, but okay.
0: Well, I think... Sure, we can go there. Man, uh, for me, it's really hard to fit it into one of these three categories. I... I, You're the one
3: that brought it up. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> I, I know. Ah, whoops.
1: So you got two classics and a nostalgic I'm going to go nostalgic
0: believe. for myself. No, don't draw it. I, uh. Listen, I'm going to go nostalgic for myself. However, I think that history is going to consider this a classic. I mm. think it's going to continue its run. I think that it's a film that we actually could potentially see Hugh Jackman get an Oscar nod for. If it's going to happen, I think it could happen with this one. I I don't think, I don't necessarily believe that it will, but I think if the Academy is willing to ever do it, I think this could potentially be that movie, the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it has a chance at that. Um, I think that it's, it's so different than what we've gotten in the comic book genre that has become such stagnated, generic, repetitive fare. Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: And if you're talking about Batman v. Superman, then. They're Super good. No no, I'm okay.
0: not, no, no, I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying they're bad. I enjoy all of them. But they're, they're, most comic book films that we've gotten over the last decade are solidly in the three to four star range for me. There are very few breakout hits. Um, they're all very good or enjoyable films, but they're not transcendent like the dark Knight. This is the next one that I feel people will connect with enough to consider it that I don't. Um, so I think history is going to call it classic. I think I'm going to remember it as nostalgic because I'm going to think this was a a unique experience for me, but like Patrick, like you agreed. And I said earlier, I don't, I don't feel the need I'm ever going to need to watch this again. I just don't have the desire to go back to it. I don't, I don't feel so. I'm gonna go nostalgic. So we got one nostalgic, two classics, and a tragic. Oh uh, I like it.
1: Who is the oh yeah. Paul is the tragic, that's
0: right. Yes, he is. <laughs> I, I was
1: wishfully thinking he chose nostalgic also, but
0: apparently not. Uh. <laughs> so, um guys, what we like to do here with our last section is we talk about what our connecting point was, and that is the moment in the film that we most felt emotionally moved or Connected to the story, something that that really got to us and you know gave us some kind of emotion, it could be anger, it could be sadness, it could be joy, it could be really any emotion, but when it was the strongest feeling you got from the movie um so let's let you guys kick us off like go first, like gentlemen Francisco, <laughs> you wanna uh tell us and share what your connecting point was
1: sure mine mine was honestly a feeling. In terms of a very visceral feeling. Uh so we have uh it's I I wanna say it's between the first and second act, or maybe the the climax, so to speak of the first act, um, where they're at that casino in Oklahoma City, I believe. And uh Logan stepped out uh to get something. I honestly forget what he was out doing. Oh, getting a truck, I think. And then he comes back and all of a sudden Charles is having one of his seizures. And just the 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 journey, I guess, is the best word I can think to say, of Logan getting up, like, just painstakingly moving little by little up into the casino, up the elevator, and moving slowly, like, having to claw his way through the walls and seeing, like, and this goes back to what I was just saying before about, like, that first guy he's, like, looking at, him, and the first guy slowly looks at Logan and almost – you can see that he knows what's coming and he can't do anything about it. And that's just really shocking to me. And then you see Logan take him out and slowly take all the other people out and like getting the syringe from Laura and just finally getting into Charles and everything stops. And I, I mean, even now, I'm just feeling like this like tense and, and just trying to hold on and trying
3: to get through and just,
1: yeah, it's, and, I I love getting that caught up in a movie and that, that whole sequence really did it for me. I I, like totally relaxed in my seat after let out my breath. I had no idea was so tense and just so holding my breath throughout that whole thing. So that's my connecting point.
0: What a great choice, man. I, you know, Patrick and I usually end up leaning toward, you know, I don't know, sad or emotionally affecting in, in a different way. I guess with our connecting points, we just tend to. So it's, it's really cool to have you pick something that is a, a heightened moment of like tense, think, you know. tense nature like that. I think it's, I think you're right. I mean, for me, I was, I was tense. I, I, I couldn't, that scene was incredible. And <laughs> um, it reminded me a lot of the inception scene. And I guess because they're in a hotel yes. hallway, yes, yes, um, yes, but just you the slow that. motion trying to, to go and the walls are kind of not mm-hmm. totally straight up and down and, Um, but like, and and like you said, it even makes it harder to get through when you think about those people's families who they're, they're frozen. Like Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. no moment of, of pause here. You know, it's coming. He's going to take these claws and he's going to push them into your brain and you're going to die and you cannot move and you cannot do anything about it. And you have to think about it. You have time to think about it. Mm -hmm.
3: So, Mm um, yeah. And to the, into the credit of the special effects people, I really felt like the guy who was. If it's the director or if it's the special effects person or the cinematographer, I felt like they were they were telling the director, you know what? I really want to highlight every way that Logan can kill somebody in the most just just slow way possible. And so you see like this (laughs) variety of kills through Mm. the head, through the neck, (laughs) you know, let's go through the eyes. You know, it's it's just like if if I wasn't uncomfortable before then that scene right there just made me go. I don't even want to be enemies with this guy at right. all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a great, wow. great choice. Great choice. What yeah, about think... you, Paul? Where where'd you land on that scene? Mm-hmm. Or... No, on uh, or... on what was your connecting yeah. point for yourself? Oh, okay. Uh,
2: my emotional connecting point was the scene where Logan buries uh, Professor X. I thought Hugh Jackman, as an actor, did an outstanding job trying to uh, say a few words on his uh, mentor's behalf. And just that that raw emotion, I thought was truly the really the only raw emotion that I could truly connect with in the movie. All this other rage and stuff I felt was, I don't know, but that seemed really real. And in fact, it got me choked up. I couldn't even understand what Logan was saying or even trying to say Mm -hmm. at that point, but it was just so strong emotionally that, and I was thinking, man, here's a guy like going all the way back in our year to year 2000. And he's probably remembering his journey with, uh, Charles Xavier and, and the mentorship there. and, how that totally changed his life around. I thought it was uh an amazing part of the film.
3: Yeah. I, I wanted that to be my connecting point and it came very close. And uh I especially liked right after he gets choked because I I got teared up too. Yeah. But I love the fact that you had that moment where Laura grabs his hand and then he just jerks it away. Because that's that's Logan. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. don't no, I'm not going to I'm not going to connect myself to anybody else. You know, look what happened. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that, that that whole scene was was just a just the most raw organic uh performance that I think you could get from Logan, the most humanized form of uh of a performance you get from Logan. So that was great. I love that choice.
0: Yep, wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I it was it was definitely emotionally impacting for me as well and I think like you said earlier, Patrick, how that would would have been your choice if it wasn't for I don't know if you did say that, but it, it might have been your choice if it wasn't for those guys, right? In the in the yeah, theater, that yeah. messing things up.
3: Yeah, because right afterwards he goes, you know, he starts banging out the the truck, and they're like, <laughs> I'm
0: like "No." Yeah, I I had just my, lost his dad. I yeah. had the same same reaction from some people in my theater, and it just it killed it for me because I was angry. I was angry that you they didn't understand that the moment was. Not meant to be funny. It was meant to be mm-hmm. extra hurting to to see a person who's just lost their parent and and accurately portray the mix of rage and sadness that that he is feeling in that moment and what he really would do, like what we all do in that time like we smash glasses we throw pillows we, we do these things in our life and if we were Hugh Jackman as Wolverine this maybe we would you know break things on our truck so um, yeah I. I I really like that pick as well. Well, Patrick. Yes, sir. What was yours?
3: Well, if that wasn't the one uh, and this one didn't top it necessarily. This is the one that I felt like I think helped me connect with the movie the most. And it was actually the, um, the exposition that Gabriella does through the phone. When, when Logan's watching her, her cell phone coverage, I guess, you know, technicalities aside, I felt like, you know, that's, a part of me was going, I, how, wait, how is she cutting through? Is she narrating while she's, did she edit this? Whatever. But to me, I I think there's, there's something of creative importance when you're able to build in exposition in a creative way, in a way that makes sense. Um, Inception. I think that was my connecting point for inception was the, the moment of exposition when, uh, when the world of, of inception is getting explained. And in the same way, I felt like, What she was talking about is where I connected. She talked about how the kids were being used. And at this point, this is the first instance where I thought about the grounded story as a whole and how up to this point it had been very grounded and it stayed very grounded. And so because of that, I started thinking about child trafficking and child abuse. And that line that Pierce says, an R&M project gone wrong and how just angry that made me. And how these kids who were pulled out and were made to be experiments, um, how that made me think about how, in actuality, how kids are treated as things. They're not people. They're they are just, um, they're collateral damage. And from that moment through Laura, who, by the way, I think, and I I I'd say R&D sorry so um but I started thinking about X23 and 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 her performance by the way the the actress that that plays her I can't remember her name Daphne Keane I think is that what it is she's fantastic in this I don't know if we got a chance to say that but she's great so thinking about her story specifically and how it connects to all these other stories I really felt like I was able to humanize her and connect with her on a on a personal level and to start not only cheering for her but really just fight with her the rest of the film. She wasn't just this experiment that goes into berserker mode whenever she gets enraged. Like there's a lot going on with her. In a similar way there's a lot going on with Logan and um so that scene not only helped explain where she came from, and where these kids came from, but it also gave me a personal connection and a reason to actually care about her as a character, beyond just I want her to kill the bad guys. You know, it, it felt very, very, very human to me. Mm. So Indeed. That's mine.
0: Nice. Yeah, I agree um, with yours as well. I think I think it, the one of the cool things about this film, one of the positives, is that. You know, we all here have four different connecting points and that kind of blew my mind when I saw this in the notes. I I was shocked that we all picked something else and they're all valid for different reasons. And that means a lot uh, that a film has that many moments that can emotionally resonate with us. Um, Some films don't. Some films that I might consider better, quote unquote, better um, than this only have a couple but this has a multitude of them, and that's that really speaks to the writing and the, the story of this, this film. Mine, as I said, is different, um, and it was really everything around the initial jo- uh, coming together at the farmer's house uh, for Logan and Laura and Charles. It's really the dinner table scene. Uh, they sit down, and just everything that happens there, we get great little kind of... Cute moments of, of humor um, with the way that Laura is eating and the acceptance of the family to, to just let her do her thing. Um, Charles and Logan pretending to be father and son was great. Um, there's jokes about Xavier's school, which are fantastic. And I think what really did it for me is two pieces of this. And one is Logan smiles. Charles is making some jokes and talking about their relationship, and, and and he actually smiles. And I cannot recall, on one hand, the number of times that Logan has smiled in an X Men movie. Like nothing not, in the
2: first movie, and he steals Scott's motorcycle and yep. he goes really fast. That's the only one I can remember Ex-
0: exactly. <laughs> but there's not there just there aren't many right. He's always got that scowl. And in this, there's a moment and he just, he smiles and it is the most honest smile. And and it stuck out to me. And I I thought that meant a lot um, to get that when you just don't have it. And then a few moments later, um, he's upstairs. You know, the fact that he carries Charles upstairs, I just got, it breaks my heart every time he's carrying Charles. I, that was tough to watch. I I really emotionally was impacted by that and their, their relationship. Um, And as he's leaving, Charles is explaining to him and he's like, he tells him, I don't remember the exact words, but he says something like, "This is what life looks like, Logan. This is this is what life is. This yeah. is the life I want for you." And, take a
1: minute and feel it.
0: Yeah, take a minute and feel it. That's it. I'm glad you remembered. And um, that one really, really connected for me too, um, because just in, in you know the sense we live busy lives, all of us. It's something we could take away from this. You know, whether we're pushing things out because of trauma or not a lot of times we fail to just live and, and really accept that this is our life, this is what it is, and we need to live in it with the people around us and make the best of it. Um, and I thought that that was the lesson we were getting there. And so, yeah, that was that was mine for this movie.
3: Very cool, man. I Yeah. I think that there was so much about that scene that is great. What you mentioned, and also the levity that it gives it. Mm-hmm. The fact that, that it's, it's probably the lightest moment in the film. Everything else feels very heavy. And I, I like that creators understand that that's necessary to enjoy a film. Uh, we were talking about this on Manchester by the Sea, that the dialogue, the screenwriting, helped lift moments uh, of the film up because it's necessary. It's necessary to have places where you can breathe emotionally so, you can say, okay, very cool. And of course, <laughs> what we don't, it, it, in some ways, it sets it up for like the chaos that's coming afterwards because you almost don't expect that. Um, you, you wonder how long it's going to last because it's not going to last very long. And so, you kind of wonder when it's going to actually go down. But it's, it, it makes it important enough to just live in those moments, which sort of echo what Charles is saying to, mm. to Logan, that just like that, we need to live in this moment with them because it's not going to be this way forever or even for the for an hour you know um so very cool i like that scene
1: and i remember um if you if if you guys had connecting points for trailers to the movies you do uh, i remember actually telling my wife how seeing the 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 sequences of them eating at the dinner table from the trailer and i think even logan's smile is in that sequence um i remember telling my wife that there was something about that that was just so compelling to me. And I, I, it, I think it's just seeing your characters eat and share a meal. It's something so humanizing. Shawarma.
3: That's something. <laughs> Shawarma. <laughs> After a long battle with aliens, it's good to hang out with your family and have a meal.
0: Oh <laughs> Well, on that note, fellas, mm. uh, unless anybody else has anything important to say, I think I, gonna, what do you have? Uh, Go for it. What do, what do you have? What do you have?
2: This is this is something I you guys mentioned this before, and I think all three of you mentioned how that this movie stayed true to the character of Logan. And this is one of the things where I felt that it, it I felt disappointed that I felt it didn't treat him it didn't do his character justice. We all know that the X, these X-Men movies are different than the comic book stories and then different from the cartoon stories. In the first X-Men movie, it's about Logan learning to be part of a team. And it carries on through all the X-Men movies and even some of the Wolverine movies where he's at least working with people for a reason And even to the point of uh, Days of Future Past, where he goes back in the past to help protect the team. And then all of a sudden, in this movie, he's like, you know what, let's look after Charles, forget the team, forget the kids, forget being a part of that camaraderie. And I I didn't feel that that was earned, at least for me.
1: Well, they didn't go into it, but I got the sense that he had seen – everyone all the other x-men essentially die and so there was no one else to to be attached to and why attach to anyone else when they're just gonna die on you
2: because everyone always dies
3: yeah that's not a reason not not to (laughs) right i think what logan articulates pretty well near the end is he says everyone i care about uh suffers or dies Mm -hmm. and i think I think Lauren says, "Well, good then you won't, th- you know, something like I forget how she says it. Well, good because I'm leaving, or or I'll live, or something like that, or you don't have to worry about me." And what I what I do agree with Paul is the fact that this is a very different Wolverine story. I mean, it's very much not, in, in a lot of ways, it's not in line with your your X Men franchise. And and I think that was intentional. I don't know that I don't know that the, the director was saying, you know what we're going to make our own story, but in some ways, maybe he is. Yeah. And I don't know that, you know, it's very difficult when you have, when you have multiple directors carrying on this continuity, especially when you have yeah. some, some writing of the ship that happened. And I thought Days of Future Past helped do that. But, you know, at the same time, I think when you, when you understand the history of the character, at least from a cinematic point of view, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, he was learning the value of being part of a team. But he's gotten older. This is twenty-five years later. These these mutants haven't died; they've been killed. And I don't, and we don't know what what's happened in these last twenty years since. Of course, I haven't seen Apocalypse, so I don't know what happened in that movie. Different timeline. Different timeline. Yeah. Okay. That was in the eighties. Okay. So what we have is this kind of gap of okay, we know these X Men have been, we know these mutants have been killed off, and you know, did he cause that? Was he the was he the, you know, was he the, 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 the point of contention Charles or whatever? Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, I mean, if that's the case, then, um, you know, that, that lends itself to maybe telling a a different story, but I don't feel like Logan well, as, as a, as a movie has, you know, de- I don't think it's, it's devalued the character. I don't feel like it was inconsistent. Hmm maybe within the the cinematic timeline, but maybe not, but not from a character point of view. Right. The character statement.
2: before he joined the X-Men was very much a loner. We see that in the first X-Men First Class. Um, but afterwards, I thought he had gone through enough to be not to go back to that. And so I felt it was too much of an abrupt change
0: for that character. But yeah. I digress. We'll move on. (laughs) Well, by moving on guys, we are just going to wrap things up, I think. So why don't you take some time and tell people where they can find you, find your show and uh, listen to all your awesome episodes. Um, We, we really have formed a great relationship with Paul and Francisco. Um, I call her, we're friends now. Um, it's been awesome. And this is one of the cool things about the podcasting community is meeting other people that have the same passion and being able to collaborate and do stuff. I hope everybody will check out the X-Men, uh, episode that we did for your show. Cause it was so much fun. Um uh, totally, we had such totally, a great totally. time doing that one as well. So, Francisco, Paul, whoever wants to go first, where can people find you online? Paul, you might want to give out fake information at this point, but uh, just (laughs) fair warning.
2: You know what? Just to be fair, there's three things I really liked about this movie. I did like the... No, real quick, so not everybody hates me. The opening credits,
3: the closing credits, and maybe...
2: (laughs) And the free popcorn. No. Um, I did like the father-son relationship between Professor X and Logan. I thought that was good. I actually enjoyed the actress of uh Laura I didn't think that I would but I thought she did a great job um and I forget the third thing darn Except- it no no go ahead no it's nothing go ahead
1: it's something about her character but continue it doesn't matter
2: <laughs> okay um
3: like a teaser there oh
2: th- then <laughs> then I th- I thought the acting by Hugh Jackman I thought was uh, probably the best as an actor. I think it's probably his best role um as Wolverine from an acting standpoint.
3: I absolutely agree with that statement. In fact, he was uh, interviewed um I don't know if maybe a few months ago and he was asked about the character being passed on. And he said, you know, the character's going to go on, someone else will play it for sure and it sounded like he was okay with that. But then he goes on to say that unless Daniel Day Lewis plays it and wins an Oscar, and then I might have a little problem, which I thought was fantastic. That's great. <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. Like that sounds that was pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think I think it's his best Wolverine performance.
2: All right, and you can find me on pauljpowers.com. dot <laughs> com. <laughs> and I, I appreciate no hate mail, but you know, if you want to have a discussion, I'd be more than happy to. Francisco.
1: D. Um, so uh, I want to say, uh, thank you so much to Aaron and, and patch for having us on the show. It's been a lot of fun for, for us to do this crossover and talk, not just one X-Men movie, but two and talk about Wolverine. It's just been a lot of fun. Definitely consider you guys friends too. Unless you unfriend us. And then we have this horror movie on our hands, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> um, get uh-huh. out. Okay. <laughs> get, get out. Uh, I, I really appreciate the lack of mentioning certain types of parties on this episode. Also, I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> Why did you bring uh, that up?
0: Why did you bring welcome. that up?
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just hinting. I'm not out and out saying it. Anyway, Anyway, uh, you can find uh, me on uh, Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. But uh, more importantly, I uh, plug our show again, the Retro Rewind Podcast. You can find that at RetroRewindPodcast.com uh slash one 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 for our X-Men episode with Aaron and Patch. Uh you can also find the show on Twitter and Instagram at retro rewind pod. And we're also on YouTube. That's just slash retro rewind podcast. And uh also if you're interested in join joining our Facebook group. I mean I'm sure you're a member of the feeling film uh, group. And if you're not you should be go go join their group because it's awesome. Uh, but if you're like, I I need more Facebook groups, <laughs> come join it. Come join uh, the Retro Rewind podcast. The group experience is what we call it. Uh, I want to say that that's all. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome being a part of the Feeling Film podcast. Thanks so much for having us on, guys.
0: You're welcome. And you can find me at Aaron L. White everywhere at Aaron L-W-H-A-T-E. And uh, also tweet and run the Feelin' Film hashtag for the most part. The feel, uh, hashtag, the Feelin' Film Twitter uh, at Feelin' Film. You can find our Facebook page, uh, Feelin' Film, and our Facebook group, like Francisco mentioned. Uh, and you can find everything else, all the archived stuff on the website at feelin'film.com. And just last minute notice again, you have till March 10th if you want to become a supporter on Patreon. And get in on this first ever donor pick episode where you will be the ones choosing which Bill Paxson movie we review in March. Oh, so it's Analyze. not
1: picking who he's donating his organs to, the donor pick, right? No, <laughs> no. no, not yet. <laughs> okay.
0: That I mean, depending on how much you donate, we could talk about that. <laughs> gosh it's weird i'll it's st- weird. i, know, I favorite, will sell my favorite. soul for <laughs> i will sell myself for uh yeah <laughs> patrick where can people find you
3: you can find me at shoeless patch s-h-o-e-l-e-s-s-p-a-t-c-h on facebook twitter instagram you can also find out more about me at uh, thisispatch.com also wanted to remind you guys that next week our next episode is the second of our two listener picks And I'm excited to announce that Scott Pilgrim versus the World will be the movie that we are going to be covered, covering, excuse me. I love it. What
1: do I do? (laughs) What do
3: I do? (laughs) Fight. (laughs) There may or may not be comparisons to Sing Street if I have anything to say about it. So no no comparison. so we're really excited to be talking about that next week and um yeah so tune in and in the meantime check out our backlog at dot hope you enjoyed this episode and our special guest the guys at the uh, retro rewind podcast
0: all right well listeners thank you for tuning in as always uh, we appreciate that and it means the world to us uh, we hope you had a good time looking forward to next week as well. And that Scott Pilgrim episode and hope to have you back as always. Like we say, stay positive and keep feeling filmed.